Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Daute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hi there. So today I have Julie from the US and the cool thing about her is that she took the bike or the tandem from Alabama all the way to Colombia where she then decided to stay. Yeah, so we talk about that and what happened on the way and what the original plan was how she ended up where she is now and yeah, how she managed to stay there and also how she adjusted to Colombia and much, much more. Here it is. Hi, Julie. Thank you for being on the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Victoria. How are you? I'm good too. So I don't know a lot about you, but um, you sent me that you took your bike all the way down from the US to Colombia and then you decided to stay. Yeah. And so where in the US are you from? Just let's start at the beginning. So it's a little complicated. Um, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, then I moved to New York City and then I moved to LA. Then I didn't like LA, so I moved back. And then um, <laughs> I spent three years in the Middle East in Dubai Then I moved back to New York and then I rode on the bike down to Columbia. So originally I'm from Cleveland, um, but I spent most of my adult life in New York City before. Moving. Okay. Oh, wow. But so you just took your bike to Columbia. That was the plan or what was the plan when you started? Uh, the plan was to go a little bit further. The plan was to go um, all the way down to Ushuaia, you know, the bottom of South, of, uh, South America, uh -huh. Argentina, where there are penguins, but yeah, didn't make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it pretty far, I would say. <laughs> yeah, pretty far. <laughs> how, how long did it take you? Um, it took me uh, and I didn't do it alone it took me and my ex-husband and that's part of the story uh -huh. it took me and my ex-husband um, a year and four months to go from Alabama across and down and that's with a lot of breaks um, there are yeah. people that go from Alaska all the way down to Penguin Town in nine months and so we did about half What? of that <laughs> I don't know how they do it I'm not <laughs> that fast people say well you must be so athletic not really um <laughs> <laughs> So it took us a year and four months to get all the way down. Okay. Is there a direct bike route? Not exactly, no. Um, I mean, a big part of it was the Pan American Highway, for sure. But a lot of it mm -hmm. is, you know, just figuring it out. Um, I luckily was not in charge of that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would have been so lost. My ex-husband's really good at that. He comes from a long line of ship's captains. So mm -hmm. they're really good at all that stuff. And I'm horrible at that. But um, I'm really good at languages, so I learned Spanish um, as we were going. So, oh, you didn't speak Spanish before? No. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he did the maps and I did the language. Okay, and and then how how come you decided to stay in Colombia? Well, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, as we were traveling, um, when we got to the city Medellin. Um, I just fell in love with the city, totally fell mm -hmm. in love with the city, the people, the weather. It's called the city of eternal spring. So every day it's about um, 80 degrees Fahrenheit and that in Celsius is, I think, about 22 degrees Celsius. That's perfect. Like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So every day is just this perfect weather. Um, and everyone was just so nice and everyone, you know, seemed so happy. I mean, You know, maybe they're not really, really deep down happy, but everyone's super nice to you. And, and when you go there, you just feel like like you're their like old friend. You know, everybody's just so sweet. And it's not because they're trying to get money from you or anything. It's just people are just like that. Um, uh -huh. general, you know? So um, we were supposed to be there for a week. And I said, no, 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 we have to stay for two weeks. And so we stayed for two weeks. And then on the day that we were supposed to leave, um, we got up you know, bright and early, 6 a.m. And we were going to be out the door by 7.30. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get out of the house until 3 p.m. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> because I was so busy uh, talking to the woman whose house it was. I, th- I just thought she was so fascinating. She had an Airbnb, but she was also um, a former professor of nuclear physics. Oh, and- wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as you do, and so she yeah. chattering away and gossiping about this, that, and the other, you know. And this is somebody I'd known for two weeks, um, and I, you know, it was like in the cartoons where they're dragging somebody out and their nails are just scraping along the floor. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go. <laughs> um, and so when everything kind of fell apart, um, by that I mean my first marriage. Um, uh, <laughs> We decided to stop the trip and the marriage. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so, what a great trip. <laughs> it was definitely a journey. Yeah. Um, and so, so I didn't even have to think twice about it. I, as soon as we stopped, I said, yeah, I'm going back to Medellin by bus. <laughs> uh-huh. how, how long is the bus trip? The bus trip was like, I think an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple hours maybe. Um, and that was it. And I've been here ever since. That was um, that was about six years ago. Okay. And your husband or ex-husband, he went back to the U.S.? or He, he went back to England. So we were living together mm. in the U.S. And then he went back to England um, with the bike, which is a tandem bike. <laughs> ah, you took a tandem. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why you took the bus. <laughs> Because <laughs> there is no bike. So he um, ostensibly has this tandem still in England somewhere. I don't know. Um, you framed it for the mo- nice memory. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's how I got here, really. Um, But would you say like visiting and living there is different? Um, I would say, yeah, definitely. Um. Because, you know, visiting, you have a little bit of a more relaxed schedule, obviously. So I would say the biggest difference is you're not dealing with traffic so much. You know, you're not dealing with mm-hmm. rush hour traffic. Um, whereas when you live here, one way or another, you're going to wind up in rush hour traffic. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. For sure. And definitely living here, there are kind of pockets of very touristy places um, you know, where you can get whatever kind of food you want and people can speak to you in English if you need to. And then in, in your day-to-day life, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, um, it's kind of like New York in a, in a way in that there's a touristy place and then there's the place mm-hmm. that's not touristy, the rest of the city where the people who live here prefer to go yeah. usually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I don't go to the kind of touristy areas as much anymore as I used to. Um, so it's different, you know, you, you have to speak Spanish um, and the food is a little different. You have to understand what everything is. Yeah. And it's not so much of this walking around in the sun. Like when you're a tourist, you just are in this, yeah. you know, constant like, oh, I'm in the sun every day. Whereas here, no, I can't, I can't do that. I, I work, you know, yeah, I'm, of course. I'm at yeah. a desk, but it's sunny outside. <laughs> sure. But how did you then stay? I mean, Was it so easy to get a visa or did you just do border hopping in the beginning? Or, I mean, it's kind of complicated usually. Yeah, that's a really good question. So many, many people can get a tourist permit uh, upon entry, which is 90 days, Mm -hmm. and then can renew that for another 90 days. So you get six months uh, right out of the gate from um, most places. It depends what country your passport is mm-hmm. from. So that covered me for a bit. And then, of course, the panic yeah. set in. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, of course, I hopped on Google and asked people I you know, knew. Um, and everyone said, a student visa is the easiest and you can study Spanish. And I was like, great. Okay. Still need that. <laughs> so my Spanish wasn't was by no means perfect and still is not by any means perfect. Um, so I just started taking um, student visas, um, taking Spanish classes and getting my student visa. I actually got so many student visas that on my last one, they said no more student visas. Oh, okay. How long is usually the visa for? Um, it depends on how long your program of study is and uh, I see. Mm-hmm. and what mood the government is in that day. I see. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, my last one, the program of study was more than a year, and they gave me a six-month visa. I said, hey, what's going oh. on? Yeah, so I had to apply for another one. Um, 
Meanwhile, uh, during a lot of this, I was kind of putting the pressure on my current husband. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, um, <laughs> taking a lot of classes here. Uh, yeah. um, maybe we can uh, get married, <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> and eventually we did get married, you know, um, yeah. just in time <laughs> for me to get a marriage. Perfect. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> It's like not like, hey, uh, when do you want to get married? It's not, no, when do you need to get married? <laughs> We have until this day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, listen, man, we're on the yeah, line here. Uh-huh. <laughs> And were you allowed to work with the student visas too? With the student visa, you're not allowed to work. Um, okay. Um, on the marriage visa, you are. That said, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are doing it, you know, online. Yeah, sure. Somehow, right? You need to survive somehow. You don't have a lot of savings all the time. Right, exactly. So oh, a lot of people here are, mm-hmm. you know, digital nomads working online um, simply because in general, the, the pay is not amazing here in Colombia. You know, it's I think it's like anywhere, you know, everything kind of balances out. Um, life is cheap here, but the pay is not so great either. So... It depends, you know, how you want to work work things out. Um, so most people that come from places like the U.S. or Europe or Australia um, or Asia, uh, Middle East, they tend to want to work online because they're able to make a little bit more money. Yeah. Okay, sure. And then they would just have their job at home, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is what you did too? Um, yeah, so what I... What I did was um, when I moved here, I was working as an online options trader um, and I was only working, you know, 15, 30 minutes a day. I was making all this money until one day I lost all my money. Oh, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, that happened because uh, I went on vacation. Uh, I went to visit family in the Middle East and we had to go through Paris on the way. So we went, you know, my, um, you know, my husband, we were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, We went to Paris on the way back and I don't know, I, I had too much risk. <laughs> um, I had too much risk in the, in the positions and it started going against me, but I had had so much luck as an options trader. I had, you know, over 99% of my transactions were successful mm-hmm. uh, that I got arrogant. And so I thought, oh, it, it always turns around. I'll just leave it a couple days. And then I was in the airport <laughs> Uh, waiting for my flight back to Columbia. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'd lost over half. And then the next, the following week, I wound up losing almost everything that I had. Oh my God. So that was, um, that was Stressful. fun. Um, but I yeah. can't, complain. No, I can't yeah. complain because easy come, easy go. You know what I mean? Okay, like, sure. You know, what can I say? It's not, I didn't put like a ton of money in to begin with. I just was really lucky. So it's not like I blew the money I'd worked on I see. my whole life to, to achieve I see, was, I see, sure. It was really just dumb luck, beginner's luck, easy come, easy go, fine. And I was able to, you know, live a couple of years without really having to work. So, eh, That is, help. okay, so I'm I'm glad you just, you don't take it so hard. Yeah, no, I don't, I mean, that week, oh, <laughs> God, yes. I was gonna <laughs> my skin was gray, you know. But, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, but now, you know, what can I do? And so I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, before that, I had been uh, a photographer and I'd had a photography studio and everything, but I closed that for the trip. And so I thought, well, mm-hmm. there's no way I can just magically build a photo studio right now, you know, and I needed money quickly. So, yeah. um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time said, well, why don't you teach English? I said, okay, yeah, I could try that. So, um, I, I went and got certified and I started teaching English online. Um, and I did that for, for quite a while and, and it was super fun. I met people from, from everywhere. So that's how I was able to, you know, work and live, uh, with, by teaching English. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It seems like, um, that's what a lot of people do teaching English abroad and then somehow they get stuck. Uh, yeah. yeah, some people do the yeah. job first and then they, <laughs> you uh-huh. mean they, they get stuck in the place or they get stuck teaching English? Uh, they get stuck in the place, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think uh-huh. it's a great, a great job for, um, for digital nomads or expats um, because it's relatively low stress. You know, you can set your own hours. You get to talk to people from all over the world. Uh, it's just yeah. a brilliant job, you know. Yeah, do you do this online or... 
in person. I did. I did. I actually just, uh, I just stopped. <laughs> I'm like, it's amazing, but I quit. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quit in, in January to, to start um, something new. So I'm working on something new right now. Okay. Um, but I was doing it online. I was using the platform italki, which is one of the big ones. Um, that's adults and children. You set your own schedule, set your own hours. Um, you design the lesson plans. So it's super cool. You can work one hour a week. You can work 90 hours a week. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, and that sounds, that sounds actually pretty good. So when you first came and did you had like a big culture shock? I mean, you just love the place apparently. So why did you know why you loved it so much? Yeah, well, it's interesting. So let's see. Uh, first of all, let's talk about culture shock. Um, yes, <laughs> I did uh -huh. have culture shock um, for sure. Luckily, I had kind of a ramp up period because, you know, I came through Mexico. Mexico is not the same as Colombia, obviously. But yeah. there are some similarities, you know, in um, in English, it would be like niceness, cordiality. There uh, okay. Cordiality. It's mm -hmm. funny. That's not it's when a word doesn't come to me in English, it's because it's something I haven't experienced as much in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, the the cordiality of everybody in Mexico and moving down through Latin America was something I was already getting like used to um, as compared to New York, where <laughs> it's just people, it's not a city where people are famous for their cordiality. Friendliness? <laughs> their friendliness. Yeah, let's say so um so i was already used to the fact that people were friendly and by extension i have to be friendly mm -hmm. i can't walk around being a jerk yeah. to everyone who's super nice to me mm -hmm. so i had already gotten used to that from living in the middle east i had already gotten used to the let's say relaxed attitude towards time um What I mean by that is that I think growing up in the U.S., especially on the East Coast, um, living, you know, in cities and living on the East Coast, everyone's in a rush, 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 uh -huh. rush, rush, rush. And that's almost seen as, I don't know, my opinion on it um, is that if you are important, you're in a rush. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, in the U.S. Whereas if, if you go to other countries, um, especially in the Middle East, it's like, I'm important, therefore, I will never be in a rush. Uh -huh. I'm too important to rush, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got used to this. Yeah, okay, I decided. Mm -hmm. uh -huh, yeah, I got used to the style of don't rush. <laughs> it's not going to get anything done. Nothing's, it's, you're going to just make mistakes. And so I, I am kind of used to it, but I'm still at my core, you know, from the United States. So sometimes I'm like, can you move it? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh -huh. But there are two sides to the story, um, which is that nobody tells me to move it. So, mm, yeah. You know. okay. mm -hmm. yeah. So, which is, which is great. So nobody's stressing me out um, in that regard. So I really can't complain. I can't say, well, you know, come and move it because when, when it's time for me to move it, nobody's telling me to move it. So we're all just yeah, yeah, yeah. relaxed. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Everything's chill. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. So that's the biggest difference. That was the biggest culture shock. I mean, that's not even a shock, right? That's just like, hey, this is nice. It's like the opposite of shock. I would say it is nice, but sometimes it can be um, it can be maddening when it's something extremely urgent or important, like paperwork. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of dramatic, but even still, I have literally thrown myself on the sidewalk outside of immigration in tears because. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Um, problems with with immigration, um, especially because mm -hmm. I got my marriage visa during the pandemic. So just imagine how fun yeah, this that was. was really slow. Yeah, it was it was slow and it was just disorganized. And it I think mm -hmm. the entire world was disorganized, you know. But it was just this, you know, going to the office and them saying one thing and coming back and them saying another thing. And every day the law was changing. And why didn't you know the law changed? How am I going to know? You know, so just that kind of frustration. Mm -hmm. um, That was pretty intense. Um, that was so stuff like that. Uh, because if you dared to do something like that in the U.S., people would just freak out on you. Like, how dare you change the rule without having it plastered on your yeah. website and this, that, and the other? Yeah. And here it's like, yeah, the rule changed. The rules can change. Don't mm -hmm. you know that? <laughs> so you know, we're in the U.S., it's like, how dare you? You have to tell me ten times that you changed the rule. Yeah, that's yeah. that's frustrating. I can imagine. 
for the visa thing that must have been it was frustrating but and then another thing though to talk about um other kind of cultural differences i would say uh, a big shock has been the food for sure so um a lot of people don't know in a good way or in a bad way um, well it's funny i would say at the beginning in a bad way and now now i'm uh now i pretty much like it but it took a long time um and yeah, a lot of people don't know too much about Colombian food, and it depends where you are. Yeah, it depends where you are in the country. It's different in different um, areas of the country, different zones. But uh, in my zone, um, which is uh, my my department is called um, Antioquia, which is where Medellin is, and most of the food is pretty plain. Um, there, there's very little spices. There are very little spices used. Um, mm-hmm. pretty much every meal has something called an arepa, which is, it's like, how to explain it? The closest thing people might know, it's like a tortilla, uh, like a tortilla, but it's bigger. Like it's uh, fluffier. A thicker. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not bendable. <laughs> um, and it's made from white flour. Mm-hmm. And the first time I had it, I thought, was this, did I accidentally eat like the napkin? Like what is going on? <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you go places and they have like decorative things you're not supposed to eat. I was like, Yeah. Did I uh-huh. accidentally Yeah, eat some mm, cardboard? <laughs> yeah, like paperweight, like what's going on? Um and no, that's really how it tastes. Um but um once you have one that's really good, that's kind of like burnt, then it tastes better. So Okay, then you have the burnt flavor. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's that. But it really is a, an adjustment. You know, it's not something pe- um, people are used to having. Um, um, so here we have the um, the basic ones. They're called, what are they called? Arepa de harina. I think like it's just a white flour. Mm-hmm. There's another yeah. one called arepa de choclo, which is a little bit tastier. It tastes more like cornbread. So that's okay. More a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of meats as well, um, which I didn't like at first because when I moved here mm-hmm. I was more or less vegetarian, and now I'm yeah, a okay. less carnivore, so I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you adjust mm-hmm. to what you get, right? And I mean, and is there anything that you miss? Um, a few things, I would say. Coming from, you know, coming from New York City to Medellin, I definitely miss um, all of the cultural things that you have in New York. Um, now, saying mm-hmm, that. Because it's so, such a mixed melting pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, saying that it's, you know, looking back when I lived in New York, it's not like I was at a concert every week or at a museum every afternoon. Yeah, yeah, sure. Anything. So it's kind of like maybe I'm just whining <laughs> just to whine. Uh-huh. But um, but here in this city, we do get some concerts, um, but not as many as in New York. Um, there are a lot more in the capital in Bogota, so they have mm-hmm. a lot more concerts. Do you mean like big ones, like the big of the very famous artists? Um, yeah, famous artists, also kind of these like independent artists. Um, uh, okay, you know that we have a lot of amazing like Colombian punk bands and stuff like that for sure, sure. Mm-hmm. and um I go to yeah. concert I'm like the oldest one there yeah. <laughs> but I don't care yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't care um but you know obviously there's little you know little bands that are you know based out of Brooklyn or whatever probably yeah sure that, just, mm, doesn't make sense for them yeah I remember I had a roommate um she was from Spain and her um she was studying that was back in Germany and her uh friend came to visit her and she also came it was also from South America somewhere and she just went to concerts all the time because she said she doesn't get all these like small indie bands that are still like famous but they're like from the western world like England or the US and they don't tour South America but they all like come to Europe because it's I don't know if they're from England then it's just like a quick trip right so yeah, she just went to concerts all the time. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. yeah. And so here, you know, um, I've had to go a few times to Bogota. And so I've, I've actually taken flights to go to concerts, which I never did, you know, in the US. 
Okay, who are you going to see? Um, I don't, well, for example, um, probably the best one I've seen, I'm a huge, huge, huge Radiohead fan. Um, okay. So I flew to Bogota to see them and actually flew mm-hmm. alone um, because uh-huh. I have some friends that are fans, but at the time, you know, nobody really wanted to get on a plane and go. So I flew alone. I mean, yeah, I that's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. And actually, it was such a long, you know, flight. It was raining. It was muddy. And I got there and I was like in a bad mood. And uh, I happened to be next to this couple, these two guys. And it was funny because the one guy really did not care at all. And the other guy was a super fan. Um, so, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, so, but we were all in a bad mood because of the rain and the weather. But as soon as the band started, we just flipped out. And well, the, the boyfriend that didn't care didn't care yeah but the, the other one <laughs> the other guy and I we we literally threw ourselves on the ground in the mud yeah. because we were so happy, happy so, yeah. it was super fun yeah cool okay that turned out great <laughs> I never um threw myself in the mud for a band I don't think so <laughs> I maybe as a teenager backstreet boys <laughs> Oh, yeah, for with sure. 14 that's, you know <laughs> that's definitely mud throwing yourself in the ground worthy i would say yeah <laughs> and what do you think is better what do you think is better in terms of of i mean life in general and oh mm, i think a lot of things are better um i mean there's the economic part which is tricky because you know i'm i'm not Colombian, mm-hmm. right? So I have a different perspective because I, you know, work, you know, right now I work internationally and like I work online. So I'm earning money in dollars. So for me, it's an economically great situation. I know that's not true for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a taxi driver here can earn sometimes $25 a day. Yeah. Not a lot of money. Um, so for everybody, no, the economic situation is not great. But for me as an expat earning in a different currency, um, it is good. So um, that's something that's that a lot of expats will say, like, wow, it's so much more affordable here um, than it is back home. Um, so that's sure. a great thing. Um, the weather, I just, I love the weather. And <laughs> yeah, you have a big smile on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. And I think that, you know, there's so many things that you can change in your life. You can, you can change your job. Usually, you know, you can change, you can find friends. You can, if you don't like the food, you can cook food. But you can't change the weather. So, yeah. you know, for me, the weather is really one of the most important things when deciding mm-hmm. you know, where you want to live. So the weather is mm-hmm. just amazing. Um, I love that I don't have to have four seasons of clothes, <laughs> you know, yeah. like in New York. Do you miss the four seasons, though, sometimes? You know, it's funny. I don't necessarily miss it. Um, what I <laughs> What I struggle with is knowing what the hell month it is. <laughs> No, okay, sure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> everything feels the same, right? It's always May. <laughs> it's true. Like I literally, because every day is the same sunrise and sunset, same, 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 same. Um, and we don't have the four seasons. We have rainy season and dry season. And we have two of those a year. Okay. However, this year it's a little screwy. So it's not even following that pattern. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of deciding what it wants to do. But yeah, I, I often forget what month it is. I'm like, Is it Christmas? (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Christmas doesn't even feel like Christmas. Christmas is super funny. And, you know, people here have Christmas trees, but they're artificial generally. You know, it's hard. Sure, yeah. It's hard to get a real. Because you don't have those furs. Yeah, I mean, we are weird. This country has, not weird, weird is the wrong word. We have so much biodiversity um, in terms of, you know, flora and fauna um yeah so you can actually get a christmas tree if you want uh, but uh, yeah it's gonna be kind of expensive to get it in and this that and the other so most people just use artificial trees yeah. or just use a palm tree <laughs> i mean that's what that's what people do here too right they just put their lights on any tree it looks nice no matter what doesn't need to be like a christmas tree that's true it's true so so it, it's weird it's weird not knowing you know what day is it? What month is it? What year is it? Um, that's something I have to actually look at the calendar. Or I won't have any idea where <laughs> where we are in the year. Um, yeah, I understand. Yeah. But I love it. Um, and then other things that I like about, I would say about Colombia in general is that, yeah, like I said, it's um, as it's an, it's a natural kind of paradise really. So okay. uh, just walking around, you know, even though I live in a city, 
just walking around the city and it's a densely populated city, there are wild plants, orchids, you know, orchids that are growing naturally, you know, you can never see that in the U.S. unless you're in Hawaii or something. Um, well, I have one in my kitchen. Oh, great. <laughs> Small <laughs> one, right? I probably came from Colombia. I wouldn't be surprised. My, my, it may be, yeah. Um, my husband's co-worker, he's also from Colombia. And sometimes he works from uh, from Colombia because like, they can do it, like work a month from wherever you want to do it. And like he sends pictures and oh my God, like it's so green. Like why do you ever want to come back? It's really paradise. And it's funny how that works because um, I feel like that too. Like, oh my gosh, it's so green. And my husband is almost the opposite. He's like, oh, everything's so green. <laughs> He's like, oh, really? <laughs> I think it's whatever you're used to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if it's not your everyday, then it's like, wow. <laughs> so we're still working on our um, my project with my husband. My husband's never seen um, autumn leaves in person, so we're trying yeah, to do that. That is so interesting. It's like something I would never think, but yeah, <laughs> sure. He's been to the U.S. a million times, but he just never at that time. So we're gonna try to time it so we could get the the autumn leaves. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Like you have to go to somewhere where it's like really strong, like. New England somewhere up North Maine or some something like that. I think, or maybe go, hmm, how can we do it? We could try to fly there um, somewhere where it starts early. And then if we manage to miss it, we could yeah. fall in it until we Yeah. So, you know, just have three months of, of fall. <laughs> yeah, and, um, okay. and then he can experience Halloween too. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, Halloween, it's not so big here in my city, but it's huge. In, I'm, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. It's huge in the capital, actually. The capital is pretty big. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, Halloween here, but it definitely happens. I mean, people definitely dress up at um, their offices and stuff like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Kids definitely dress up. It's not such a big deal. Like in the U.S., I feel like it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, before I um, didn't come to, before I came to the U.S., it was not a big deal for me either. Mm -hmm. But like now I love it. It's like the best month, October. Hello, I'm all for it. But in the beginning, I was like, mm, sure, whatever. Because in Germany, we don't really celebrate it. But I think now everything is so fast with the internet. It's um, getting bigger and bigger. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You're American now. You have to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Halloween is great. Yes. I love it. The, all the decorations. That's the best part. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, so, so let's see. Um, yeah. But apart from that, you know, we have a, a lot of green spaces, obviously. And we also have, we even have a desert, like it's a high altitude desert. Um, and since we're a mountainous country, you can decide whatever climate you want basically and you can go there and have that climate right yeah so sometimes it's really like humid and sticky i'm um, not where i live and high i live yeah not where you live but in general in depends where you go so colombia mm -hmm. so if you go for example if you go to the magdalena river like there's a city called mompos um or mompox if you want to say it in english um, uh -huh. and, um uh -huh. that i went there and I don't know how I survived because it was uh -oh. so humid and uh, there's so many mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. Um, Fun. Living in Dubai <laughs> prepared me for that of knowing that, like, you're not going to die, but it's humid. But um, it's not nice, yeah. But it's beautiful. So I wound up having to get up early and then just sleep through the afternoon and then get up again, which is mm. what everyone does there, basically, what most people do there. Yeah. Um, or you can go, you know, to the to the ocean and it's going to be humid, but you're by the ocean, so it's not so bad. Um Or you can go up into the mountains, and I don't think we have too much snow, really. It's hardly ever, hardly ever gets that cold anywhere, but you can get pretty close to to seeing some snow <laughs> if you want. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Would you ever consider moving back, though? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Um, I was recently in Texas. I was there for a nutrition conference, and, you know, I, I felt this you know, twang of like, oh, what if I moved to Texas? Like everyone's so... That's where I am. <laughs> oh, really? Where are you? I'm just are in uh, Austin. You're in... Oh, that's where I was. Oh, okay. So why? why oh, tell me. Why, why should I, I mean, move to Austin? <laughs> when, well, the thing is, I really liked Austin before I moved there. You know, I was in California before. And when 
and I visited Austin like two or three times before that. And I always really liked it because like you have fun things to do. You know, the river is so nice. People go like whatever paddleboarding or kayaking and you have a few nice restaurants. Everything looks so fun. But that's all like South Austin or like the middle of Austin. But this is not where you can live right like all the um, affordable places are like further north and it's so boring there it's, everything is just one strip mall you know and and i was before we moved here i was already in that place where like hey i kind of want to get rid of my car i'm so sick of driving and then we were here and And I was dependent on my car. I was like, I don't want to drive everywhere. I hate being in the car all the time. I want to be able to ride my bike or walk. So that was really frustrating to me. And also the big difference for me is when you visit versus living, you don't have to deal with the politics. And I'm not a conservative person. So, and I also have small children in school, you know, and since that shooting happened last year it's like no 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 no. i don't have i don't know it's, i'm just angry all the time because of politics because it's so frustrating you know oh no i was gonna say would you say austin is more um like liberal or conservative for sure it's liberal it's like the liberal bubble in texas but like mm-hmm. still we're like further north you know we're just like outside of city limits Mm. And now it's like really mixed. You have like conservative people and you have also like very liberal people. I don't know, but it's like all this, this political gap that is going on right now. It's just, I don't know. It's just really strong, you know? And Mm. even when you're in Austin, you sometimes want to get out of the city and Mm you have to drive really far you know like there like if you want to see countryside or something sure there are state parks but it's not like wow mind-blowing you know it's like if you want to see like really nice countryside you have to drive really far or you have to fly okay I understand oh, okay so so it is one of those places that's different when you're visiting and, and when you're living there yeah yeah I mean also when we are moving here three and a half years ago so it was before Roe fell you know it raising a girl in Texas when you're not a conservative person is to me really frustrating and hard you know so yeah Mm -hmm. and it's interesting what you say about um about Roe versus Wade like I actually I kind of burnt out on politics after um (laughs) but but I will say that the funny thing is is that Right after, I forget if it was right after or right before, but right around the same time is when they legalized abortion in Colombia. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, whoops, it just switched. <laughs> you know, because we have this reputation and we are still, in general, a very Catholic mm-hmm. country. I mean, I just moved to this new apartment. There's a, a little rosary sticker on yeah. the door. And I was like, oh, please don't paint over it. I think it's cute. My husband's like, we're painting over it. Oh my God, I hope my mother in law. <laughs> Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so th- it's Catholicism is is here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's, it's everywhere like, yeah. in Colombia, um, and yet we have legalized abortion. Um, and then meanwhile, in the U.S., it's like, no, never mind, you can't do this anymore. In yeah, it's so I don't know. Yeah, the rest of the world is moving forward, but here in some states, it's they're just whatever they want to go back to the past. It's, 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 it's wild. It's, it's really wild what's happening. Um, you know, I don't think anybody saw that coming really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, when I moved here 10 years ago, I mean, I also didn't choose Texas then, but, um, I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Like, I don't know, being in the Bay area in California, you were, you felt like you were in the future kind of, you know, because already 10 years ago, a lot of people drove electric cars and, and the internet and you had like free wi-fi everywhere it was like so different it was so forward and political wise it was also very liberal and also i mean like you i didn't have kids then you know so it was different i didn't have to worry about things so right. yeah it's true. it's true yeah that's the thing about the u.s it's really you know 50 different countries yeah it really <laughs> depends where you are mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a big country right 
It's true. I was explaining that to um, I was explaining that to my in-laws the other day. They were like, "Well, from where you used to live, you know, since mm-hmm. I was in Austin for this conference, they were like, from where you used to live in New York to get to Austin, how long is it?'" And I was like, mm, "Maybe two days in car, yeah. by the mm-hmm. car, two days by car, two <laughs> yeah. days." Are there a lot of mountains? No, no, <laughs> no. yeah, <laughs> it is a long drive. Yeah, for sure, it, it is two days. Yeah, with the with the with the break. Yeah, yeah and they just kind of. Yeah, exactly. And they, they, their minds were just blown. I mean, here, it, it's if if it's hard to get somewhere, it's because there's no road or because there's a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> not because it's so far. <laughs> is there anything that still drives you nuts? Or I mean, like, is there anything it's hard for you to comprehend? One thing that is really different here in Colombia is that families are so important. Family is everything. In Colombia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up, um, my dad was an immigrant. My mom left her hometown. Then they had me. I left. Of course, they had a fit. They were like, why are you leaving? I'm like, well, you left. <laughs> so, but, yeah. um, you know, obviously, you know, family, you know, never mind what I say, I left my family. You know, I, I yeah. live in the same place as my family. Um, and here, uh, a lot of people see their, their parents every Sunday if they don't still live with them. A lot of people still mm-hmm. live with their parents, you know, okay. fell into adulthood. Um, if they don't, they'll try to visit them every single Sunday. It's not uncommon to call your family every single day. That's mm-hmm. normal here. And so for me, it's just a shock. It's like, you just talked to these people yesterday. Like, what, yeah, what okay. could you possibly have to say? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. And so it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just very different for me. And so it's been an adjustment, um, you know, understanding that I have to, you know, I have a family of in-laws. I have to be part of that family. It's not optional. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, you Do know. your in-laws live in Medellin? Did I say it correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they only live a few minutes away. So um, we're able to see them, um, you know, quite frequently. And um, okay. and we get along really well. Um, they're, they're hilarious. Yeah, but it's, you know, and so it's, it's not like, oh, I don't want to see them. Obviously, I want to see them. It's just something that was never part of right. my routine, you know, before. Of like, so it's something that, you know, you have to put it in the, like the weekly schedule. No, this week I, I'm probably going to see, um, my, my husband's family, my family, um, or if not this week, next week. So it's something mm-hmm. that I have to like remember to leave space for, um, on the calendar. Cause it's going to happen yeah. <laughs> whether I want to do or not. <laughs> yeah. And what about like, um, making friends? Do you have a lot of, do you have a lot of friends? I mean, cause it's always harder making friends as an adult in general, and then as an expat, There are like a lot of problems coming with yeah. that sometimes. Yeah, it's actually quite uh, quite an interesting question because um, when I first got here, it was so easy. Um, it was so easy to make friends. I was, you know, not working so hard as partying all the time, you know, going out to events, going to language exchanges. And it was so easy to make just a ton of friends. Um, uh, the pandemic oh, happened oh, right. and I lost touch with a lot of people. We had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world and During that time, I got married and we moved away from a little bit further from the city. I so see. I had a couple of years where, um, yes, I have friends, but I didn't see them yeah, <laughs> as yeah, much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and so now we've moved back into the city and, um, you know, hanging out with my friends more. And I'm hoping to kind of meet some new people just because um, a lot of my expat friends have gone. So I have my Colombian friends mm-hmm. still, but I kind of miss having um, a few more expat friends yeah. just to know what's going on in the U.S., yeah. you know. And, yeah, you and want to like share that. some holidays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, holidays, things like that. And then, you know, my Spanish is pretty good, but sometimes, um, I don't know if this has happened to you, when you're really tired and or something, or you're really emotional, you, you know, we, let's say you have a problem, you just want to really talk about it. It's hard to talk about it in your second language. or th- Yeah. You know, You know, so most of the time I'm happy to speak Spanish and I prefer speaking Spanish. And if mm-hmm. somebody tries to speak to me in English, I'm like, no, let's speak Spanish. But <laughs> occasionally you're just like, oh, I just want to speak my first language. I don't want to think about the verbs and the pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah. I don't want to use all of my brain right now. <laughs> yeah. Do you also have it sometimes that no word is coming out? Like you have it kind of stuck in your head and you know... It, but it doesn't make you the way out of the mouth and then it's like sorry I don't know the word but it doesn't matter which language like you cannot speak English and you cannot speak Spanish 
Um, it's it tends to happen that it'll come to something will come to me in Spanish instead of English, um, uh-huh. and obviously vice versa. And it tends to be funny things, things that don't translate yeah, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a word that's used especially in this state all the time, which is juicioso. Juicioso is like behaving well. Um, so it's like, if somebody's like, oh yeah, I woke up at 6am mm-hmm. I cleaned the house and then I did all my studying and they say, oh, wow. Okay. Juicioso. Right. Like what a kind of studious, good, yeah, uh-huh. proper person you are, <laughs> but we don't really, it doesn't really translate. So I'm always yeah. like, that word's like always on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Wait, juicioso. no, wait, <laughs> what, how do you have like one funny example that you can share that? Just was so different culture wise or um I have I have a language uh-huh, yeah. issue. Okay. <laughs> um so I would say that um this actually this didn't happen in Colombia. This happened on the way down to Colombia, um when I was on the bike still. So um we were in I believe it was Guatemala mm-hmm. and we had been scuba diving, not scuba diving, we've been snorkeling a lot. And we were just, for whatever reason, always in a rush. Um, I always felt like there was never, it was weird. We were on vacation, but I felt like there was no time. So I wound up, um, you know, swimming and then just kind of tying my hair back, not combing it and doing that a couple times. And if you have curly hair and you do that a few times, eventually you will just have one big mm-hmm. knot yeah. of hair. <laughs> so, so one day I'm trying to comb my hair and I realized I can, I literally can't get the comb through it. So I just got a pair of scissors out and just hacked the whole thing off. Okay. I'm going to just chop it all off and then I'll go to the hairdresser and they'll fix it for me. Uh-huh. So I did <laughs> chop it off. And then a couple of days later, I went to this, you know, hairdresser in the middle of a mall somewhere. I don't know. I didn't know. It was the first uh-huh. one I saw. Um, and, you know, she's starting and, you know, my hair looks crazy because I yeah. just, <laughs> just hacked it off. Somehow. <laughs> so I was trying to explain to her what had happened so that she didn't think I was just this strange <laughs> yeah. person who went around chopping <laughs> my hair off. <laughs> and so what I tried to say in Spanish was I had to cut it myself because I hadn't combed it for a long time. Yeah. However, I'm pretty sure that what actually came out was the following. I do it to myself because there is no penis for many times. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Okay, so strangely, those two phrases in Spanish are quite similar. <laughs> they sound very, oh, it's very okay. easy to mess those up because the word for penis is very similar to the word for comb. And um, I didn't know how to say it. I cut it myself, so I just said I do it to myself. Oh, God. <laughs> so, and, uh, and she didn't say anything, but I could feel the, you know, the brush going like <laughs> in my hair. Like, so we're thinking like, who is this crazy, you know, chick from the United States? Like, what are they all this crazy? There, like, <laughs> and I just looked at the floor the whole time. She gave me a terrible Did haircut you right away. That you said something totally stupid. I think so, because I felt the comb, like I felt the brush, uh, and she went oh, silent. Um, I was afraid to look at her after that. Um, and then afterwards, she was like, "Do you like it?" She gave me a horrible oh, haircut. She was like, "Do you like it?" I was like, "I love it." Best haircut ever. It threw the money on the counter and. Like, yeah, so that's probably like my my most embarrassing uh, Spanish <laughs> problem. I've had other ones too, um, but that that one definitely takes the cake. I think. Yeah, for sure. Oh God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I wonder if she still st- tells a story. Probably like this girl. And my hair was purple at the time too. Like this girl came in with purple hair, and <laughs> she was talking about masturbation, and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. I, I don't know if you've had this experience too, but um, there's something about living in another language that it it almost feels like you're reborn in a way. It's like you get to to re-experience life. I don't know. Do you do you also sometimes think you have you are a different person, or you have like your characters different just because you choose different wording, or you um, put a different tone to your sentences? I think so too. I mean, I got to work on my Spanish still. For some reason, people say I sound like a little girl when I speak Spanish. Uh. So I got to work on that. But um, I do sound very like innocent and like, yeah. Um, and I don't know, naive or whatever in, in Spanish. And um, the Colombian accent in and of itself is considered one of the most beautiful accents oh, in Spanish. Oh, okay. Um, I did not know this. Yeah. 
So even if you listen to songs, they'll say like, I like the Colombian girls, accent, especially for the girls. Uh-huh. Um, so it's considered this like very like beautiful, uh, almost sing-songy kind of accent. So um, when I when I speak Spanish, I feel just like, oh, yeah, I'm so pretty. Uh, you know? okay. <laughs> so, so it's fun in that way. <laughs> Yeah, so that was Julie's story. Pretty cool to go on such an adventurous bike ride. What an outcome. And if you wondered what happened to all her stuff before the trip, so she and her ex-husband managed to sell almost everything and the rest is in her mother's basement. Uh, Julie also has her own podcast, and YouTube channel and she will explain it here in the end so she can tell you a little bit about it yeah and I would like to hear from you you can always uh, reach out to me at worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at worldscollidepod it's just one word and I will put all the information into the show notes Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I also hope that you will listen in next time. Bye-bye. I have a YouTube channel right now. It's just uh, audio. So hopefully I'm going to bite the bullet, decorate my, <laughs> decorate my <laughs> office and start recording video. Um, right now it's just audio and it's also on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh-huh. like all that stuff. Um, and so what I talk about is... Um, So what my new job is after leaving um, English teaching is that I work as a holistic health coach specializing in helping women with ADHD. Um, so, oh my God, <laughs> this is complicated, mm-hmm. but um, basically it's, I, I combine um, ADHD coaching with health coaching and also the use of therapeutic diets. So there are diets that have been shown okay. to help greatly with mental mm-hmm. health. Um, as well as physical health. So I, I work on that. So on my uh, YouTube channel, we talk about um, we talk about ADHD and we talk about nutrition, um, especially things like the ketogenic diet, which is my favorite diet, um, and, and ways mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that can help with, with all that good stuff. So that's mainly what I talk about. Um, yeah, and okay. also, um, it's called Julie Sad Wellness, and sad is spelled with two A's. <laughs>